All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 247 of the DFO Rundown brought to you by Botano 19 plus. Please play responsibly. And man, you got lots of options right now. Of course, Thursday night football. Maybe you got Frankie's Phillies who just keep dominating. Look at what the spread could be. There's lots of opportunities at botano.ca. And uh, right now, Frank, uh, the city of Philadelphia has got to be rolling again uh, as the Phillies. Man, there's something about that team. they got to be fun to watch. Insanely likable team. That's the easiest way to say it. They mash home runs. They're, they've got energy and personality and being seven and one in the postseason doesn't hurt either. Yeah, them and the Rangers. Rangers finally had their first loss last night against uh, Houston. They've been 7-0. and So I'm rooting for Phillies and uh, Rangers. Uh, something tells me that the D-backs will at least win a game here. Yeah, um, Phillies in five. Yeah, I don't see them getting swept at all, but uh, we shall see. Um, lots in the uh, in the hockey world to uh, to discuss. I guess it's early. It's very early. But uh, Alex Dabrinkat uh, loves playing in his home state. He's got uh, eight points now, five goals. Um, so whatever wasn't working in Ottawa is clearly working in Detroit. Yeah, I mentioned earlier this week, and it probably caught a few people by surprise. And when I first heard it myself, I was a little bit surprised. But keep an eye on the Detroit Red Wings when it comes to Patrick Kane and where he ends up signing to play. They were one of three teams that I mentioned, including the Rangers and also uh, his hometown Buffalo Sabres, which I think... There's certainly mutual interest there, but the the Red Wings part of it was kind of predicated purely on the idea of getting a chance to play with Alex to bring it again. And I think what's amazing about the start of this season, you always have some things that are either statistical anomalies or, you know, things that will end up coming back to, to norms. But when you look at this year, 
And you look at teams that are off to hot starts offensively. Detroit is right up there at the top of the list in terms of goals scored. Yeah. Yeah, they've given credit, man. They're off to a great start. And uh, Debrinkat is uh, his loving life there much more than he ever was in Ottawa, which second only to the uh, Carolina Hurricanes to this point in goals scored. Yeah, well, the Hurricanes got to score a lot of goals, Frank, because they're giving up a ton. It's it's mind blowing when you look at the Hurricanes because. Last year, they averaged 26 shots against per game, which was uh, best in the league. And this year, it's early in the year. They're at 25.3, but their goalies can't make a save. They're leaking goals all over the place. And Freddie Anderson and, and Antti Ranta. And I will say, I went and looked at Ranta and Anderson over the last three years, Frank, and it's been a steady decline. I, I, I wonder when we're going to see uh, the, the young goalie uh, who's got a four-year deal at two million bucks? Who's currently playing in the minors? No, he actually got called up yesterday. There you go. So that's what I was going to say. Uh, he, well, Freddie Anderson, you saw it. He took one right in the melon in that game. Yeah, Pyotr uh, Kochetkov. Look, that's the one thing you can count on. It's death, taxes, and one of the Canes' two goalies being injured for a chunk of the season. Yes. It, go go Mark, look at the numbers. There's a reason why they've used Kochetkov so much since he was like 20 years old. It's because one of their guys is always hurt. They're human band-aids. Yeah. And, and honestly, their numbers have, have, have diminished every year, the last few years. And so I wouldn't be surprised if we see him uh, get a lot of starts here moving forward for Carolina, because they're not giving up a lot of shots. They're not giving up a ton of quality chances. They're just giving up a lot of goals. They're both 34 years old too. 34 mm-hmm. with significant injury histories. Yeah. So. So, a good reason to sign Kochetkov to a four-year deal times two million. That thing is going to be a bargoon in short order. Yeah. Next season, uh, full-time NHL starter. Another player to to watch for Frank, who's off to a good start. And uh, I saw the Pittsburgh players, and rightfully so, I think, were somewhat perturbed at the if Jenny Malkin, who was 26th in league scoring last year, somehow wasn't in the top 100 player list of uh, ESPN, which I really. I'd love them to describe. Wait, he got smacked on the top 100 again? Yes. It was, so it wasn't the top 100 of all time, which the NHL did a no. few years ago, which is no, crazy just, that ESPN did a thing about top 100 this year and he wasn't in it. That's banane. Yeah. Like, of Jenny Malkin, like at he his age, he was north of a point of per game last year. I know. He had 83 points last year. He was 26th in the league. And, He's off to a really good start again. That whole line in Pittsburgh, man, that line's dominant. But uh, Malkin's got seven points in, in four games. He's currently tied with uh, Dreisaitl for a second place behind the, the mayor of Nashville. And, um, yeah, hey, that honestly, that is that is mind-blowing to see one player dominate like that. Like, it's it's – well, there's no one in the NHL who's an active player who is averaging a goal a game 20-plus games against one franchise. Like no one other than dry settle. Who's 24 and 24. It's actually insane. And my favorite part about it is that dry settle hates it. He hates it. Hates being asked about it. His teammates give him a hard time. I went through the numbers yesterday and there's some pretty impressive totals against individual teams. Um, Alex Ovechkin, for instance, he's got 19 goals in 21 games against the wild. That's the closest. Austin Matthews, pretty good against the Vancouver Canucks, 18 and 21. There's been some amazing ones with some longevity. For a while, it was Alex Ovechkin, 41 goals in 50 games against the Maple Leafs, which is crazy. 
That's he's now gone six straight games without scoring against the Leafs. But there's some other guys who are in that sort of conversation. Sidney Crosby, 53 goals in 83 games played against the Flyers. So he has more than 50 goals and has played more than a full regular season against the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, Ovi's got 53 and 71 games against uh, the Atlanta Winnipeg franchise. Pasternak's got 24 in 28 games. But one of the all-time great ones was Wayne Gretzky had 60 goals in 69 games against the Kings before he got traded to them. Maybe that's why they traded for him. (laughs) Yeah. Sick of getting slapped around. Um, I... There are the uh, here's the oddity part of this. Okay, do you know what Leon Dreisaitl's goal total is against the Calgary Flames? Ten, ten in forty-one games. So he's got more than double that against the Preds in half the number of games. Yeah, well, it could, good luck against, explaining it. Yeah, well, against the the Flames, that's who McDavid. Uh, feast on McDavid, I think has 29 goals in 37 games versus the flames. He, he yep. likes playing them. Um, the thing about dry settle is, you know, he's got 24 and 24, but he had two in his first 12, Frank, he's got 22 goals in his last 12 games. That's 34 points in his last 12 games against the Preds. And that's like a lot of those games are UC Saros and Pecorine for goodness sakes. And Tyler and all of his degenerate buddies were all saying, Hey, got to bet dry to score against the Preds. They were all over it. Well, did, there was actually one place that didn't give you the option for him to score one goal. Oh, we only we only care about Patano here. Yeah, exactly. So, but think about it. When you have betting places, Frank, that won't allow you to bet on a player to score a goal, like think about that. That's crazy. But why would you take the yeah? Why would you why would you take the action if you know it's going to happen? Yeah, but still, like you don't know it's going to happen. But because it's still, even though he has 22 and 12 games, two of those games, he didn't actually score a goal. So there is a chance, obviously very low, but that, that is one of the, the oddities uh, uh, early on for sure around the, uh, the national hockey league. Um, some disappointing news around the league. It happens all the time. Some serious injuries. Uh, Kirby doc is done for the year. And, and if you watch that play, Frank, did you see the hit on the boards? Like, it, you know, it looked like he rode up and, you know, he's up on the bench for anybody who didn't see it. Like, it's just unfortunate because it didn't look like, you know, his knee twisted or anything crazily. Yeah. Uh, this, you get something all the time that looks innocuous that turns out to be serious. Yeah. And uh, it's just you know, tough for had- him because he was off to such a good start. He looked really good. Like you watch the games and he looked like someone who was ready to take a giant leap this year. I was expecting 50 plus points this year for Kirby Doc and just. Tough news, tough to, you know, it now becomes, you know, starting in training camp next year. It's a lot to come back from. Oh, it's brutal. Like I I look at Connor Brown in Edmonton, who basically played four games last year, almost identical to Doc, and then uh, did not play again, injured his knee. And it's only been three games, but he looks like a guy who's missed a full calendar year, right? Like his timing, he's had a a million glorious opportunities that his timing just, he can't get it down. No. So it's, uh, it's odd. Um, there are a few things I was looking through for, right now. There's only four teams who haven't lost a game. And some of them have only played like we're down, like teams are playing three and four games. Like it's How about the Chicago Blackhawks still haven't played a home game yet. I know the Connor in- Bedard 
barnstorming tour rolls on in Colorado, one of those teams that hasn't lost the game, Thursday night before they finally get home on Saturday against the Vegas Golden Knights. Nice little treat. You get the defending cup champs after all the tough teams that you played to this point. But yeah, think about that. Every other team in the league has played at least one home game. Well, no, is tonight the Panthers home game, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, I think, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I think so. But you're like, they don't play because they're in Colorado. And then like, it's almost like the, the league said, okay, we got Connor Bedard. We're going to try to showcase him to everyone. And, you know, he's in, he's in Chicago. Or sorry, he's in Toronto. He's in Montreal. You know, he's in Colorado. And then he's going to face the defending champs. Like, it almost seems like that schedule was made strictly for TV. Well, all five else. of the first road games were all on national TV in the U.S. Yeah. So I don't yeah. think you're wrong. Yeah. And uh, uh, you saw Taylor Hall thinking that, hey, maybe it's a little bit too much. Like, give the guy a break. So. Come on. You either. I, I, I already did this rant like nine times. You can't suck and blow at the same time. You either want to grow the game and you want it to be bigger than it is and you put in the work or you're just completely happy being a $6 billion industry and moving on. Can't have it both ways. This is the most exciting talent to enter the league since Austin Matthews. I've said before, people say, oh, too much uh, you know, attention on one 18-year-old kid. Why? He, in short order, I'm telling you, the only player better in the league will be Connor McDavid. That's how good he is. Yeah, but he's not there yet. So maybe but that's it doesn't matter. He, he's 18 and these are his first steps into the NHL and watch the game closely. We had an unreal breakdown from John Goyans on the coaches room on daily face off live earlier this week. The things that Connor Bedard is already doing, he'd have a pile more points. His teammates literally are not ready for it because they were not expecting him to make some of these moves. That's how good he's been. Yeah. Oh, I've watched it. I have no problem with him, but um, I could see maybe all five games. You know, you maybe you mix in a Matthews or a McDavid or somewhere in there. I can see why they might say that. So, but Chicago, hey, they've been competitive, man. Their their Grizzly veterans have chipped in when needed, which I think was a smart move by Chicago. You have to protect your young players with some veterans around them. I'm not saying Chicago's making the playoffs, but they don't look like the free space in the bingo card. They're definitely not. And I'll tell you who's been really good. Corey Perry. Yeah. We were having this debate the other day on, on Twitter. Is Corey Perry a Hall of Famer? First gut reaction. God, it's a really good question, Frank. Um, I think he will eventually become a Hall of Famer. He's not a, he's not a first ballot, but I think he eventually will get in when you look at his career totals. I initially was like, no. First gut reaction. Probably yeah. not. And it's actually not his totals that are going to get him in because they're not really that impressive. He's played 1,261 games, 887 points. There's a lot of players out there with way more impressive compilations than that. 1,000-point scorers that are not in and in a similar number of games. He's got the Hart Trophy. He's got the Rocket Richard. And I think the other part is he's won almost literally everything you could possibly win in the sport. Mm-hmm. It's trophy cases full. Like name something that he hasn't won. Good luck. It's yeah, insane. Right. I love pulling up his elite prospects page and checking it out. 
World Junior, Olympic Gold, uh, Memorial Cup, OHL, Stanley Cup. Uh, go through the list. It's it's insane. World Championship, Triple Gold Club, World Cup of Hockey. There's nothing. There's like nothing he hasn't won. Yeah, and I think. Now, you know, some of those guys with 1,000 points played in higher scoring eras, so that'll factor in a little bit. Um, I, I do think that, you know, his ability to – he he's just noticeable. I think is it's and it's not always with points, right? He, he scores some very timely goals, but I think it's his style of play. He's a 50-goal scorer, right? His, his nickname's the Worm, and it could be the Rat. He should um, be in the it, Hall of Fame just for the nickname. Right? Like, it's – it's, I think it's his style of play, Frank, that to me, one of the big things coaches and everybody will tell players is get noticed. And you know what? That could be with a big hit. It could be being engaged. It could be obviously a goal, you know, a big block shot. And, and Corey Perry, most of the time, finds a way to get noticed and you know that he's involved in the game. And I think that's what will help him when it comes to the voters. I think he's pretty excited. Caught up with him a bit after the game in Pittsburgh last week. He's pretty excited to be in Chicago and just giving him a little shot in the arm, I think, being around Bedard. Well, yeah. And the fact he's getting four times more than he was the last two years. <laughs> yeah, I don't. He's made That's $100 million. Dollars. I don't think he cares. Yeah, it's always nice. It's a nice bonus. So, but yeah, being around a young guy like that, I'm sure it's uh, it's pretty exciting. But he's played with some really good players in his career. He's played on some really good teams. Yeah. So, Almost uh, consistently yeah. has had a shot to win the Stanley Cup here the last number of years. Played like he played like 75 playoff games in the last three years prior to Tampa's first round exit. Crazy total. The guy guy plays a ton of playoff games, man. Um, Frank, we're going to play a fun little game today, and I'm curious about uh, you and the listeners, and we'll see how many of our listeners know their team. Right? I'm not going to go through every team because I'll post all of it in an article I'm writing later today. But um, Leon Drysaddle had set the order's franchise record. And anytime you set a fran- you set a franchise record for a team that had Wayne Gretzky and he scored sixteen hundred and whatever it was sixty nine points at Edmonton, like it's you're in pretty good company. So he scored his hundred twenty seventh and one hundred twenty eighth career power play goals against Nashville. So that is now the Orders franchise high. What's interesting is his one hundred twenty eighth. If you look at all thirty two teams, and obviously you know Seattle and Vegas are going to be the last two because they've only been around for a short period of time. And then even like the Florida's and Nashville, some other expansion teams. But anyway, the Edmonton Orders of the 32 NHL teams, his 128 goals on the power play are tied with Shane Doan, who owns the uh, Arizona record slash Winnipeg Jets with 128. That's 21st overall. Like there's a lot of guys with way more power play goals, obviously at the top. Did you know Ovi's next power play goal? And by the way, first time in his career, he's gone two games without a shot on net, Frank. How about that? Yeah, that's two a cons- that is a stat. Yes. Two consecutive games, no shots on goal for Alex Ovechkin. Not even a shot on net. Like, that's mind-blowing for him. But anyway, Ovi's next power play goal will be his 300th, 300th power play goal, for God's sakes. That's that's the all-time record, right? Oh, yeah. No, Dave Andrzejczyk was in the 280s, right? Uh, 274. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like a it's 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 a record, but not by a crazy margin. Yeah. But it's but it's also by one team. 
right? Like the most right, goals, right, Dave, right. like Dave Andrichuk owns Buffalo's record with 161. So Ovi also already owns most total goals by any player with one team. Um, did he, has he, pa- yeah, I think he passed Gordy Howe, right? Yeah, well, yeah, Gordy Howe played for a few different teams. Yeah, well, Detroit mainly, right? Right. Just, uh, his total with Detroit is 786. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. He just passed him. He's the closest one. All right. So let's play the game. So if I asked you who owns the most power play goals in LA Kings history, Essa Tikkanen. LA Kings? I don't know. Uh, Luke Robitaille. Okay. That's the first name I thought of, but I'm just thinking it's probably not going to be the most obvious. Yeah, no, no, some of these are obvious, but 210, which is the third most, right? Mario, if I would have asked you Pittsburgh, I think you would have guessed it. So I skipped them their second. The Detroit Red Wings. Gordy Howe? Yes, 209. And uh, there's only one other franchise that has a player with 200 or more power play goals for their team Colorado slash Quebec. Okay. Joe Sackett. Joe Sackett. 205. Steven Stamkos is five goals shy of 200 for Tampa on the power play. And he could become the sixth guy with a franchise to have 200 power play markers. But here's, here's one that I I'm not going to give you the answer. I want people to know an original six team that their franchise leader. It's funny. As long as the Rangers have been around, they've never really had a dominant power play score because their franchise record, Frank, is 116 goals. They've been around forever, right? They're one of the original six teams. They rank 24th. Do you know who owns the Rangers record for most power play goals? I don't. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I want Ranger fans, if any of them know this, if you're if you're listening to the pod and you're yelling out the name right now, I give you massive credit. Jean because Rattel. honestly, I think... I think there's going to be some people that might not even remember this gentleman, unless you're a diehard Ranger fan. He played in the fifties and early sixties with the Rangers. Nobody since has scored more power play goals for the New York. Almost Rangers. no one alive listening to this pod. watched <laughs> this guy live. Fair, right? Like honestly, of all the names when I was making this list, Frank, I was just like, who and on and and I hate saying that because he had a pretty good career, but he played in a time and and I, you know me, I know a lot of stats. I read up on a lot of guys, but I had not heard of Camille Henry for the New York Rangers. There you go. He the problem with them. the Rangers guys is none of them were really there long enough to do it. Wow, it shows like Phil you. Phil Esposito yeah. wasn't there long enough to set the record. Do you know who owns the Bruins record? There's been some pretty long tenured guys. Um, is it Phil Esposito? No, Ray Bork. Oh, I could see that. Yeah, D Man played 1518 games. Has 157 power. He play had goals. more than 1500 points. So yeah, he has more power play goals than Mike Medano had in Dallas, uh, who had 156. Does and that include one Minnesota one. as well? Yeah, just for the it's for the franchise, right? And uh, and then the last one, one other one for the original six that I like, Frank, Chicago Blackhawks, because they've had a lot of good players. So you said the Rangers record was only 116? Yep. Phil Esposito had 82 in just six years with the Rangers. Yep. Hmm. 
So the Chicago Blackhawks, last one for original six teams. Most power play goals in franchise history. The Golden Jet. Nope. Steve Larmer. Huh. Like they like think about Denny Savard, Stan Makita, Hall, Patrick Kane. Like they've had a lot of really good players who played there a long time. But uh Mr. Steve Larmer, 153, and he only played 891 games for not only. Bobby so. Hall had 152. Yeah, right, right. Oh, yeah, it's close, but it was Steve Larmer. Wow. So yeah. So those are fun little trivia for uh, any any Ranger fans. Sit around a bar in New York. And just that you could crush people on that one all day long because it's hard to look up. So Camille Henry, there you there go. There you go. Let's bring in uh, Ty Uremchuk. All right, guys, I'm locked and loaded with a new edition of Buy or Sell, and it is brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. Don't let the holidays get ahead of you. If you're running out of time to run errands and do everything you need to do to throw the big party you agreed to, let DoorDash be your savior. DoorDash can help you out. They can be your holiday hack. Get your groceries, meals, and more delivered right to your door. And for a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter the code NATION25. All caps on that, NATION25. It is at the top of your screen if you're watching on YouTube. Let's dig into it. You guys talked about Alex Ovechkin, the fact that he has been held shotless in back-to-back games. I've honestly been surprised at how slow Ovi looks out of the gates here for the Capitals. Are you buying or selling on him as a 50 goal scorer this year, Frank? Selling hard. Hard. Yeah. Look, can he score in bunches to get there? Yes. But he also, it's been a couple years since he got to 50. And last year he got to 42 and it felt like he sort of ran out of gas in the last, you know, few weeks of the season. He's 38. Uh, I'd say he's pretty comfortably in the high 30s. If he gets to 42 again, that I think that would leave him 30 left to tie Gretzky the following season. He's 72 away, if I'm not mistaken, from tying. It's really such a manageable number now, but it feels mm-hmm. like it's going to be a slog to get there. Yeah, I didn't have him as a 50-goal man to start the year, and uh, I'm not going to change on that. It's Hey, 50's hard, man. Like This guy's one of the greatest goal scorers ever. He's already done it like nine times. And and there was a few years due to uh, you know shortened seasons that he was on pace to do it. Uh, obviously, most notably in uh, in twenty when uh, they shut down with ten games to go because it would have made it that year too. So I uh, um, I just I don't see him at fifty. Um, I actually don't see him at forty. Wow. Yeah. I I I may be still a little bit more optimistic then. Um, over the last three years, he scored at a forty eight goal pace. I thought maybe this Capitals team. Would be better. I, I think he can get to the to the mid forties, maybe in that forty four, forty six range. If he were to get on a heater, we know he can score in bunches. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't OB. want to say this part too loudly, but I I don't think the Caps are very good. Oh, so, <laughs> no, six to one slapping by the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just I not mean, seeing it this year for the Caps. By the way, shout out to Josh Norris, man. Uh, for him to come back first game, two goals and assist, he looked really good. That's a big boost for the Ottawa Senators. Hey, that ties into my next question. Healthy Josh Norris. I'm looking at that Senators forward group and I'm like, man, they are young. They are talented. Maybe I should have been higher on the Sens heading into the year. Ottawa is a playoff team with a healthy Josh Norris, Gregor, by herself. Oh, 
Well, I didn't have them in to start the year, and I'm not going to go uh, overboard reaction off of a Fair. good start. So I, I'm still going to – I think they're close. Uh, I think the East is very tight. There's good, I think there's going to be a few teams, just like last year, that missed the playoffs by one point. And uh, I, so I will still have the uh, Senators as that team. I hope I'm wrong for Sens fans, but I don't, I don't have them in. I'll tell you what, I'm I'm with you, but starting three and one is such a big change for this team that they it's only four games and things can still go sideways in the first 12 to 15, but it feels different and they've given themselves a chance. The last few years, <clears throat> they've gotten it together and it, it wasn't until December that they did so. And then after that, they were fine. If they could just hit the ground running this year and and stay in the mix, they're gonna they're gonna give themselves a real chance to get there. Yeah, early in the season, but when you look at the uh, goal scoring leaderboard in the NHL, there are a uh, couple of surprising names in the top. We'll we'll call it the top nine guys who have at least four goals on the year: Kreider, Russ, Tara Vinen, Brandon Hagel. I would have in the surprise category as well. Brandon Hagel. In Tampa, four goals in four games to start the year, all of them at even strength as well. Brandon Hagel, does he have 40 goal potential in your eyes, Frank, by or so? Oof. It's a good question. It feels like a lot. It does. Um, but four and four games, like it's just so interesting at this point in the year, like when guys set themselves up to just knock out so many of them early, and then it's like, okay, you actually only need to score like a 35 goal pace going forward. Yeah, I think he can get there. There's a lot of talent around him in Tampa. He hit 30 last year. 30 wasn't that big of a jump from his previous career high, which was 25. And he did that on a pretty bad Chicago team, at least most of the heavy lifting that year. Uh, he's armed with a new contract, which will certainly help. Uh, that was a whopper of a deal for a guy that was really just such a late bloomer. And, you know, we've talked about him, Jay, from his time in Red Deer. Um, hmm. My only question about him not getting to 40 is, will he get enough power play opportunity to do that? That's fair. Greg's? Fair question about the power play goals, because it's hard to score that much five on five. And uh, now Stamkos is out for a bit. So, um, you know, or has been out. Maybe, maybe that helps. But the thing about Brandon Hagel is I watched him a lot in Red Deer. He is a highly competitive guy. Um, to me, he, he's a similar type player to Braden Point and just his competitiveness. I don't think he's as naturally skilled as Braden Point. But I, I like Hagel a lot. And you know what? Uh, in his junior year and, you know, his foot speed was a little bit of an issue. But he has gotten quicker. He's highly competitive. And uh, he scored 25 goals two years ago. He scored 30 goals last year, uh, his first year in Tampa Bay. I think he gets more comfortable. Coach knows him. Yeah, I think he's definitely got 40-goal potential there. I, you know, you're around point Kucherov and Stamkos, and Frank makes a great uh, point about the, uh, the power play. But I think Hagel will find a way to get uh, 40 goals because when some of those guys aren't there, he's going to get power play time. If you had said to Brandon Hagel four, three years ago, three seasons ago, after playing 52, 52 games for the Hawks, that he would sign an eight-year, $52 million contract, his head probably would have exploded. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The first year of his deal next year is going to pay him more in one year than the first four seasons of his career by a very wide margin. 
That's pretty crazy and for him. I love that story. Yeah. Yeah. Those, uh, those and you guys. know, that Tampa, that's why I wouldn't put 40 past him is, you know, that Tampa doesn't sign deals like that unless they have really good evidence that this guy is going to be something for a while. They wouldn't get out in front of it to try and reap the value of it. Yeah. And the crazy part is like, even on his, his next deal, 6.5 million, I think it's fine, but this year, 1.5 million. I there's probably not a better non ELC value contract in the league, right? Like I can't think of anyone who's going to outperform their cap it more than Brandon Hagel. But that's why people, when the trade took place, people were slamming the the yeah. lightning, saying, "Why would you give up two first round picks?" Well, you gave up two first round picks because you had multiple years of Brandon Hagel at one five <laughs> that made the value worth it. And they're late round picks too. It's not like they're top tens. Yeah. Yeah. They're late round picks and just makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. All right, boys, there you go. That is a wrap on this week's edition of buy or sell delivered by our friends at DoorDash. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. By the way, that uh, one pick, because the Lightning bowed out in the first round last year, that one pick did end up being number 19, which actually is probably better for the Blackhawks than they were probably thinking. And I know they're really happy to get their hands on Oliver Moore. Uh, Chris Kreider is an interesting one. You know, he scored 50 goals a few years ago, Frank. And um, you know, where, where he was dominant, we talked earlier about power play guys uh, in New York. He had obviously the, the greatest single season as a New York Ranger on the power play uh, a few years ago. And what, what do you make of the Rangers? Where, where like, I had them third in their division. I think they're good. I don't think they're great. Where do you come out on the Rangers? So we had, but we both had the Rangers in the same spot. I think we flip-flopped Canes and Devils ahead of them, but we both had both those teams there and then the Rangers third. Um, I think, like, I think the Rangers could be really good. I think the issue is really kind of the unknown of this year with the coaching change is I think they needed to change the way they played. There was way too much opportunity for the opposition. They didn't play well enough in their own end. And it's interesting because yeah, Peter Laviolette's teams have generally been pretty disciplined, but he's pretty offensive minded at times when it comes to how his team plays, they've got the horses to be, I think like when you check all all the positional boxes, the way that they do, Shesterkin, 
Norris Trophy winner on the back end in Adam Fox. And then you go up front and you see the the top five or six forwards that they have. Like, There's nothing that I think you look on paper and say, oh, the Rangers don't have it. Maybe you can point to, hey, what, what are they going to get from their bottom six? When will some of these young guys step forward and, and have strong years? But I don't see, like, if you told me that the Rangers win the Metro this year, like, my head wouldn't fall off. I don't think there's that big of a gap between New York, Carolina, and New Jersey. And, hey, the Devils, uh, they got high expectations. Uh, you know what, Timo Meyer? what about the coaches early on this year? We've seen Timo Meyer gets benched. Uh, Damon Severson, after he serves up a pizza in Columbus, he gets benched for the third period. It's very early on, Frank, but uh, you got a few coaches around the league saying, hey, fellas, wake up here. Let's go. Don't mind it at all. Um, I thought the Kent Johnson one was a little harsh. I thought for a kid that's still finding his way in the league, had 40 points last year. I know you didn't like his camp, but it's pretty embarrassing to have him sit out it's a pretty strong message to send heavy handed to sit out opening night. There's something about opening night, you know, getting announced in front of the arena, your teammates to take that away from a guy. I, I get, and I like the accountability part, but I thought that was over the top. Severson, we're talking about being benched for a period. You know, you can't make that play. It ends up right in the back of their net. I get it. Um, I think there's probably like, or if there isn't, there should be a legitimate level of concern for Timo Meyer. If you were to rate it on a one to 10 scale, and I'm not talking about three or four games, I'm talking about going back to his arrival in New Jersey and then signing a 70 point, whatever million dollar contract. That's pretty, pretty alarming to me, at least that he hasn't looked comfortable for one minute. I, I would agree with you. I watched Timo Meyer a lot the last few years in San Jose, and he was their best player on most nights by a large margin. He's a huge man, right? Big, strong, can shoot. He's not shooting the puck, Frank. He's got four shots in three games for New Jersey. Right? Like, he's got a really good shot. And, yeah, it's it's odd how he hasn't fit in for whatever reason in New Jersey, and but, but they've committed to him. So, you, you know what? I get Lindy Ruff, uh, you know, a little bit of tough love at first, no problem. But then they might have to look, say, okay, how can we have some, some, you know, nurturing love here maybe to try to get something out of him? Because if he keeps struggling, well, you can't trade the guy, right? You got a lot of money invested in him. And, and he is a good player. Like, Timo Meyer's not old enough that all of a sudden he's just falling off a cliff here. Yeah, There's a player there. Yeah, like they got to figure out what's going on with Timo Meyer because he is way better. Like, Devil fans are probably like, what are you talking about? This guy sucks. He hasn't been very good. I'm telling you, go look at his stats. He's got a track record of being a really good player. And as Frank mentioned, he's 27. It's not like this guy's 33 and you're thinking, oh, goodness, they signed one of those guys and it's year three of a seven-year deal and all of a sudden the wheels have fallen off because we've seen a lot of those. That's not this guy. So they got to figure out what's wrong there because you're right. He, he totally looks out of sorts. So it is overreaction season, okay? And I want to preface what I'm about to say with that. But I asked this question the other day to Tyler on Daily Faceoff Live, and that was, he said, look, I have Timo Meyer as a lock for 40 goals this year with the talent that he's playing with. 
And my question was, is there any chance that we've overrated Timo Meyer? He's never been a point per game player. He's hit 30 twice. And he's had some stretches where he's just been okay. And some of those are on bad teams, so it's really hard to to manage, but you've watched a lot of Sharks hockey. Is there any chance that we've put him in a pantheon of players based on contract, based on trade return, based on all these things that maybe he just hasn't quite lived up to yet? Well, even with New Jersey's struggles last year, he still had 40 goals combined between uh, San Jose and New Jersey last year, right? Because he had yeah, 31. Right. With Sorry. His, yep. Right. So he had 40 there. He had 30 a few other times. Um, he's not a he's not a really great distributor of the puck, Frank, but they have Jack Hughes. So to me, it, on paper, the style of player, he's a power forward who can grind. He's an okay passer, but he's more of a shooter. And you know what? He played with guys like Logan Couture and Thomas Hurdle, who I would argue that Jack Hughes, when it's all said and done, people are going to say, well, he's a more you know electrifying player for sure. He probably already is now than those guys were. Well, Logan Couture in his peak years maybe can give you a run for it. But Hurdle's not an overly quick player. And he had success there. Why isn't why hasn't he had none yet in uh in New Jersey? It seems uh, although nine goals, I should say, nine goals in 21 games, like that's a 36 goal pace on a season, right? So it's not like he was awful in New no, Jersey. No, but it was last he year. was awful in the playoffs. Yes, I would agree there. Yeah, the playoffs he looked kind of just, you know, lost a little bit at times. He did get rocked in that one hit, but um I think it's a little early, like it's 24 games. He has nine goals in 24 games. Um, not awful, but not what you'd expect, right? Because that's still a 30-goal pace. So I just think Timo Meyer in the game I watched this year, like he's not shooting the puck. And, and he really wasn't in areas to shoot the puck, which is surprising because Timo Meyer's got an unreal release and can shoot the puck. But it's it's funny because he does like to carry the puck a little bit, Frank. And in New Jersey, like with Hurdle and Couture, he's way quicker than them. So he was carrying the puck. He doesn't carry it a lot, and I wonder if that's a factor at all in New Jersey. So he's the same age as Leon Dreisaitl. He's one year, two years older than Philip Forsberg. I'm just trying to think of some other players that are in his salary range that where, where would like where would you stack him up? He like he's uh he's got this season he has the 39th 38th highest AAV. So you're counting on him to be a top 50 player. Is he one? It's a good question. So I'd say I, probably not. Yeah, like if if I look at the last I like to go kind of in 3 years, right? And so we can even start with this year if we want and you look at where has he been over the last three years, right? Um, he's more of a goal scorer than he is a point-producing guy, right? So he's it's definitely... weird because most of his years, he's had more assists than goals. Yeah, but he's still... I, I look at him, I still think of him as more of a shooter, right? Like, mm -hmm. And really, like the last three years, Frank, he's got 87 goals, 86 assists, right? So um, he is 29th in goals since the start of the uh, 2021 season. So I, I think that's kind of who he is, right? His point total, obviously, at, at, at 173 is what uh, what puts him down the list uh, a little bit. That puts him more in the uh, category of around 
57th, right? So I think it's it's a slow start in New Jersey, but I actually thought your question was going to be, do we overrate New Jersey? Because I said at the start there, they're the one team I felt like I was reading all this hype. Like people were saying New Jersey has a better chance to win cups in the next five years in Edmonton. And I was like, what? Like yeah, I, I do that's, think that's crazy. One, talk. one year of the Devils having success and they became the new poster child for the greatest team ever. And I do think it's pumped the brakes a bit on the Devils. I think they're a good team, but I, I'm not sold they're as good as some preseason prognosticators have. I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I saw them as a losing the cup. Like, I, I'm not saying I did. I read other people having them losing the cup final or win the cup. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that was a little bit much. So It's hard to make that jump. Oh, it's massive. Like to ask go the from, Ran- that's that's how we started this conversation. Ask the Rangers. Yeah. Oh man. Like to go from a non-playoff team. Yeah, it's exciting. They made it, you know, they had, and they had a great year last year, right? They had a great season last year. There's no question. They went around, they get to the final eight. You're like, okay, but to do that every year is hard. And then to go from final eight to final four to final two, it just gets harder, man. Ask the orders, right? Like it's there's no guarantee here at all. And so that's the one team that I think that the expectations instantly on the Devils, I thought, were were really hard to, to achieve for that team because they were so high. And, and, and it's not the team's fault, but I just thought some people had them. Very, I think they're a playoff team, and they could win a round, but I, I don't think they're like a lock to be a, even in the conference final, never mind in the Stanley Cup. So let's, since they, they trashed us on social media, and fairly enough, we do need to give a little love to one of the undefeated teams, the New York, <laughs> the New York Islanders. Oh, Islander fans. They were spicy. I loved it. Yes. The, the Islanders early on, Frank, we mentioned it off the top. Uh, there's only, um, what is there? Four teams left. I think that uh, haven't lost the Vegas night. The champs are four and oh, the abs are three and oh, and the Bruins and the Islanders are two and oh, it's two games, but yes, they are. They are two and oh, and, uh, they have a grand total Frank though of four goals. And what did I say? My concern isn't that their defense it's, can they score and through two games? Yes. They're undefeated, but they also are averaging two goals a game. Yeah. I don't think you get any extra credit points for beating the coyotes one, nothing. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see, but Hey, Ilya Sorokin is exactly what we thought he would be. And we said at this, he could carry them to the playoffs. Cause he's that. He good. only saw 14 shots last game. Yeah. Well, that helps too. I mean, look, I'm not disparaging anyone. I'm just, we need a little bit more. The NHL season's been, it's been nine days. The Islanders have played twice. Yeah. It's crazy. And all at home, by the way, this is, I guess this is making up for that road trip from hell a few years ago to start the season when their arena opened. Yeah, that was brutal, but basically their season's over by the time they got home. It's terrible. Remember Um, Lou Lamorello? What'd you, what happened when you saw the schedule? He said, I had to go for a long walk. <laughs> it's a good line, Lou. It's a good line. Frank, before we need to, to end the show today, we have to tell people something that it's launching uh, very soon at dailyfaceoff.com, of course, uh, where you can uh, download the pod. We're going to have a new survivor pool. It's brought to you by Wendy's and their new obsession, the very real barbecue bacon cheeseburger. While you obsess over your dream team, Reward that dedication with Wendy's new obsession, the real, the very real barbecue 
bacon cheeseburger. Now, here's what's cool about this, Frank, is that the winner of this is going to get $5,000 cash. Cash. 5000 bucks. So what you know, so it's almost as good as their new burger at Wendy's with the uh, Applewood smoked bacon, crispy onions, and cheese melts over the fresh, never-frozen Canadian beef. So you can get that at Wendy's. Go to Daily Faceoff. The contest is going to be open very soon, but you can look at all the rules. It's right there. And your chance to show that you know hockey and you could win 5G. Woo. I like it. So Can't wait to play with you guys. Uh, I'll be in every week trying to survive in the survivor pool. Yeah, well, I want to get it. The thing about survivor pools is all it takes is the one, like winning's hard, but you're like, I don't want to be out in the first week. Right. So, yeah, but here, so here's how this works, which is really cool. Is it's every week is a new game, yeah. And so you have to basically pick one thing that will happen that week, and then have it come true. They'll, they'll, you'll see a bunch of different stats. It'll be so and so needs to score two goals, or so and so needs four shots, or this goalie needs two wins, and it's got to come true in that week, or else you don't win. But what's cool about so there's a weekly game, which if yes. you win, you get prizes. And then the season long, you get points for winning that week or, or being successful that week that then have a total survivor leadership leader pool uh, for the entire season long pot of five grand. So there's lots of different ways to win, which is fun if you kind of zone out or you go on vacation for a week or it's a holiday and you forgot to play. You can stay in the mix and still win that week which is always fun. Well, it's kind of good then because sometimes you can just have one unlucky one in a survivor pool and you're out. So this way, even if you have one bad week or one, you know, upset special that no one predicts, you're like, still like in. the Eagles losing to the jets. Oh. Oh. Dude, what about the yeah. 49ers losing the Browns? And let's yeah. be real here. The New York giants. Can there be a worse team with clock management? Oh my God. How do you not get a playoff at the end of the first half? They should have, they should have won that game too. It was an amazing week in the NFL, which just shows you why any sport, like there's always upsets in the NHL. There's always going to be a few teams you go in and everyone's like, Oh yeah, look at this team. Like they're a massive underdog. There's no chance. And they win happens all the time in the NHL. And um, I'm uh, very had see Frank, people are lucky that we weren't starting the survivor pool. Because if you would have said Alice Ovechkin, four shots in the first few games here, no one would have said ever that Ovi would go two straight games without a shot. That would have crushed a lot of souls. Oh, I still like that is an amazing statistic that he's never had two consecutive games without a shot on goal until this year. Do you remember that one game a few years ago when he had 14 shots on net? <laughs> yeah. 14. That's like a season total for some guys. Well, the crazy part is how does Ovi not get a shot on the power play? Right. Like that's that to me is the concern is goal scoring is one thing, but if you're not getting any shots, Frank, they're definitely getting no goals. So do you remember yeah. there was a stretch of time? At, I'm pretty sure like it was, it had to be Dale Hunter, right? Who was it that took over? And then like they were like, oh, OV can't score with Dale Hunter. Yeah. Well, Dale Hunter was there for a short period of time. Yeah. And I, I think he had 32 goals that year. Yeah. Then that was it. Yeah. He went, he went like 52, 46, 65, 56, 50, and then up oh, 32. Yeah. 
Yeah, and hey, some people are like, oh, it's done. I got a little uh, Wendy's Survivor Pool trivia for you guys. Uh, you mentioned Ovi with his 15-shot game back in 2015. Who's the only other player in the last 10 years to have 15 shots in a game? Oh, God. David Passerna. Frank? Kale McCarr? It was Austin Matthews on March oh, 25th, 2023. Um, Nathan McKinnon's Idiots. also... Nathan McKinnon's hit 14 twice in the last couple of seasons. Once Bro, on Pasternak, what's his highest? Uh, I got to do a little search here. Not even in 10? What the hell? It's no, Pasternak guess. doesn't even have an 11, actually, in the last 10 years. Dude, I have the worst memory when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> Jay, I can't tell you how many games I've been to, and I totally forget what happened in the game. <laughs> like, at the game, wrote about it, talked to people, did the whole... like I. I don't know. I can't, I don't know how many games I've covered, but it's a lot it has to be over a thousand. Yeah. And I, d- d- there's shit I have no idea about. Oh, that, did that happen that game? Oh, okay. No. Yeah, no, I, I, I read up on a lot. So I remember lots of good stats, but uh, can't get, I like that one though. Now Austin Matthews, 15. Wasn't, I was trying to pick who's a guy who's a high volume shooter and Pasternak led the league in shots last year. So that's why I picked. I was thinking it would be someone like the, one of the previous shot record holders was Ray Bork. So I was like, oh, maybe it's Kale McCarr. Yeah. No. Yeah, when you got McKinnon and Randon, you're probably not shooting a lot per game in, in uh, Colorado if you're the D-man. You're like, here, let's give it to these guys. Frankie, have a good weekend, my man. We will uh, chat with you on uh, Monday. Will, will the Islanders still be undefeated? Find out know. on Monday. I'm sure they'll let us know. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Sarah and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.